Welcome to the podcast, season seven, episode seven. And today we're going to go into detail all about metabolic adaptation, reverse dieting, how to reverse diet, when to reverse diet, and all of that good stuff. As I don't think we've covered that in depth here. And it's, it's an important part to understand. I think both those concepts are really important to understand, both metabolic adaptation and reverse dieting, as, yeah, they are key to a successful and sustainable fat loss phase and keeping your result from the fat loss phase and just understanding, you know, more about how they impact your health as well. So, yeah, Leon and I are in hot, hot, hot Nairobi. And uh, Andy is Very still hot. in the UK with some lovely pink wallpaper behind him. Well, yeah, I'm actually in sunny UK. The weather's been lovely this week. It's all 18 degrees. Mm. All week in the UK, which has been nice. It's, yeah, I've been popping in and out of Eastern Europe, so it's like, you know, it was nice to have, you know, some sunshine. But I hear the UK's getting cold next week, so I'm flying back to Kenya. Just in time. <laughs> Wednesday, yeah, just as it gets colder now. Um, but now I'm, yeah, can't finish your school and stuff. So, you know, hopefully. I mean, I'm meant to be going to Amsterdam the week after that for a conference, obviously. Okay, wow. Busy, busy. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you were saying that the UK was going to get a heat wave. Well, I'm, I'm sure yeah. this is not quite a heat well, wave, but yeah. 18 well, is not bad. Yeah, it's unseasonably warm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's going to have a cold snap next week, which is going to be unseasonably cold. Mm. <laughs> or it's going to flip itself. Um, because apparently it's this, there's a high-pressure front, and it's come from some, the Sahara Desert. So, a couple of weeks, the UK had rain, and it was orange. If you had a white car, you'd see orange. Oh. It's a substance, and it was... Oh, the dust. Oh, the dust. Yeah. So I've been swept up, it came back down. So that's where the warm air is coming from. But uh-huh. now it's gonna, we're getting sort of, yeah, the low front's coming in. It's pulling all the cold air from above Scandinavia down. So mm. we'll be freezing next week. The broadcast moves into weather forecast. I do find that so interesting though. I remember when I was, this is, okay, this is not metabolic adaptation, but when I was in the UK, the, the, um, it was very similar to that. The whole sky was like orange from the dust from the Sahara. I just thought that was crazy. Yeah, crazy. it is crazy. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, getting into metabolic adaptation and uh, reverse dieting, I think we'll start with metabolic adaptation and we'll look at it i mean we'll look at it both in regards to fat loss and you know muscle gain um so being in a deficit and being in a surplus but let's just start with like being in a fat loss phase so a lot of people think that you know when they start fat loss they'll just slash their calories they'll eat 1200 and they'll do their cardio and they'll just keep losing weight forever and ever and ever until they get to their desired uh, end goal. And that is just not gonna happen. Um, We are not made that way. Something called metabolic adaptation is inevitable for men and women. It is going to occur. So basically throughout evolution, you know, we have evolved to survive and we have all these mechanisms in place you know within our body to prevent us losing weight or you your body sees a calorie deficit as like a famine or starvation like and you know if you sort of you know as we have evolved we've become very good at surviving so when you head into your calorie deficit you know, your body doesn't know that, you know, you want to do this. It's just, yeah, we're, we're, we're made to think that that is not a good thing. And what happens is we downregulate a lot of different systems within our body. Um, so, for example, your thyroid, which is controlling your metabolism, it's downregulated. Um, so you what starts out as your deficit calories become your maintenance calories 
So your body gets so good at using what you're feeding it uh, that it turns those deficit calories into maintenance calories. You know, you downregulate a lot of your hormones, your sex hormones as well, you know, because your body is always going to think of survival over reproduction. Like if, you know, if you don't have enough energy, if there's yeah. low energy availability, what is that? Well, we do not have energy here for reproduction. For men, either to go making babies and for women, for, you know, carrying a baby. So there's all these down regulations that occur. Your body also gets very, very good at squeezing every last bit of energy from what you eat. So your digestion actually slows down. So you have more time to extract nutrients from it. And... Um, you probably have heard of NEAT before, which is your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So that's any sort of non-exercise movement, your fidgeting, like playing with your beard, picking yeah. uh, your nose, you know, <laughs> playing with your pets, all that. Through lots of interactions, your body slows that down. So you essentially become a couch potato. Um, like I'm sure, you know, like, yeah, both... Both Andy Leon, you've been in prep where you get to a point where if you didn't make yourself move, you wouldn't move because your oh, body yeah. is trying to preserve <laughs> that energy. So you've also got to take into account, you know, the energy balance equation here. So your your body is really trying to balance it out. So it's trying to even out, you know, the calories going out to match what's coming in because coming in is less so your body is going to try and expend less so mm -hmm. you know even into your training you know you're just not going to have that energy to put as much intensity into your sessions so th that is like a very basic overview of metabolic adaptation so when that happens you'll you know you'll see your weight loss stall um and that you know generally we say, you know, let your weight stall for at least um, like 10, 10 to 14 days before you make a calorie cut. But if it has stalled that long, you know, you have to put yourself further into a deficit. And the only way to do that is to eat less uh, and or increase your output. Um, but then again, you'll get to a limit, you know, of you can't go any lower yeah. and your cardio can't get any higher. Um, but do you want to add anything to that? Well, yeah, um, I don't really need to. You've, you've covered most things. But I say, the easiest way to look at it is our bodies want to keep equalizing to homeostasis. Yeah. So it's like moving goalposts. You know, as, as weight goes down, the body sort of starts doing things to keep us and readjust so that becomes a homeostasis. So, um, you know, that's going up and going down. Yeah, our body doesn't want us to starve to death. Yeah. But also, remember this. Metabolic adaptation does exist, but it doesn't stop you from losing weight overall, starving to death. If it did, no one would ever starve to death. So, but, you know, the human body over evolution is meant to have gone from famine to feast all the time. And our bodies are just super efficient at adjusting to moving conditions and you know we're not meant to have an abundance of food all the time yeah true, true, true. but you know that being said you know that is why people also get you know put on body fat you know our bodies are super good at you know storing for the rainy day you know knowing that what goes up must come down the problem is nowadays it doesn't it come just, back down it's <laughs> always keeps going it's down. always an abundance true it's both ways so it's um yeah, you know, our body wants to be in homeostasis, but it looks at life as one big long term, yeah, small periods, you know, so we store fat for using when we're in, like, you know, uh, famine, mm. you know, where, you know, winter may be less hunting. Yeah. And our bodies, you know, then, you know, think, oh, you know, there's less food around, I'm going to adjust, and we're going to try and hold on to as much body fat as we can to make us last till there's abundance of food yeah yeah that's a simple way it's just an evolutionary process and we're bloody brilliant at it our bodies you know therefore you know we need our bodies to believe that 
in the end, basically, but we're not, you know, still in a period of, like when you're losing weight, it's not a period of famine for too long. It's like, oh, no, we're out of the famine, or we're in the famine, yeah. Because, as we said, you know, the body wants to adjust things to, you know, slow down the chances of starving to death. Yeah. So, you know, what can we do without us? Um, well, I'm sure, you know, even when you, some people when they're really starving can still perform, you know. <laughs> yeah. Because there's other things. Like, sleep becomes harder. Because, like, well, we don't want you to sleep because you might starve to death in your sleep. Yeah, like... Sleep, you need... You know. And there's all these other things that can lead to increasing in cortisol, which can actually make it look like you're not losing weight as well. Because, you know, it's additional water weight and everything else. So there's a lot of things going into a process. Yeah, I think what people get confused is they think their body's gone into starvation mode. That is not yeah. a thing. It's a starvation response. Um, yes. So just putting that out there, like Andy said, you can starve to death. You know, your your metabolism will adapt and adapt. That There is some point where you, yes, you will die. But yeah, you know, hopefully in your fat loss phase, you are not going that extreme. <laughs> you will die. Yeah, your body doesn't work where it just loses body fat. Yeah, you just keep losing tissue all yeah. over. And that's what can cause the issues because you start losing essential tissue around organs and things. You know, yeah. Certain organs need a certain percentage of internal fat to protect them. Yeah. And, you know, so it is like you see it with anorexia. You know, someone with anorexia who's lost a lot of body weight because of the way we do it, they are literally starving to death. Mm. They don't look shredded ever. And I think that's where people need to, you know, understand that it's not a, you know, to be healthy, it's not a weight loss journey. It's a body, yeah, and I think Leon, you did a post yesterday, it's about body recomposition. Yeah, yeah. And it's something we've talked about a lot on this podcast. It's not about losing weight. It's not about a, a scale number. It's about changing, you know, keeping as much lean muscle tissue as you can, losing excessive body fat because it has, you know, can have adverse lifestyle issues. You know, but we want to keep that sort of performance levels high. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I guess people just keep, most clients who you uh, have met who are in a fat loss phase, it's, it's like it just keeps going down, down, and they keep increasing their cardio up, up. It's, and it's like nothing's happening. And there's one line, I think, I don't remember which coach said it, but it was like, your body is smarter than you are. There's no way <laughs> yeah, you outsmart. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. You can't trick your body. You can't. No, you can't. <laughs> so, so you keep increasing, um, you know, your output via cardio and decreasing your food. Your, your, your body is, the systems in your body, they, they work for survival. They don't care about your... Your, your fat loss goals or whatever and if anything they're thinking it's like if if you don't do what we want you to do you you'll eventually die so you'll not even get to your goals so it's it's like a problem you see a lot of people and i guess even coaches and trainers do they just keep cutting and cutting and because of the lack of knowledge on what metabolic adaptation is it's like you start a client off at 1200 in like six, seven weeks, they had 600 calories, and it's like, oh, nothing's happening. I'm not sleeping well. Yeah. Um, yeah. You've got to be so I'm careful. Saying. When you start like your fat loss phase, I mean, everyone is different, first of all. Like, women are often more metabolically adaptive than men. And again, that would make sense from an evolutionary perspective because, you know, carrying, carrying a child is a huge calorie expense um but a lot of people make the mistake of starting out their fat loss phase you know too aggressively and i mean there are cases where you can do that and sometimes you have to get below a certain threshold for fat loss to occur um but just for the sake of keeping it simple here like you don't want to go to 1200 calories and 30 minutes of cardio from the get-go you know you want to you, you want to give yourself room because there will be metabolic adaptation. And like I said earlier, you have to go into a further deficit. 
So if you're on 1200 calories and you, you know, you wait plateaus for your 10 days to two weeks and you're like, okay, well, metabolic adaptation has occurred here, you know, so I'm going to have to cut my calories. So are you actually going to go to below a thousand? And we hope the answer is no. Um, So you've got to just, you know, kind of give yourself room, which is why we've also spoken about length, the importance of your off season or just, you know, a growing season where you've taken time to build up your metabolism so you can start your fat loss off the highest calories you can and hopefully you've tapered down your cardio because again you don't want to start a fat loss phase if you're a cardio bunny because that means there's nowhere for you to manipulate that and also it is a stress on your body and stress like Andy said you know it is not the best thing for fat loss or muscle gain or anything because that is gonna you know, all the body's systems feed into each other. So high stress is going to impact your thyroid, which is going to downregulate it, which is going to reduce your metabolism, going to impact your sex hormones. It's going to cause water retention. So you've always got to manage your stress. And so with when your weight has plateaued, you've got to make sure that it has plateaued. And, you know, some people are too quick to be like, okay, oh gosh, I've got to slash my calories for four days and yeah, like my, my weight hasn't gone down. It's like, you, you have to wait. It could be so many factors for women where you are in your cycle, if you're stressed, if you've had a tough session. Yeah, maybe a long day at work. You never know. It's yeah, bad it's sleep. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm getting, I'm more and more, I'm getting away from scale, uh, scales, you know, scale weight with women massively. Like, you know, it's a useful bio, biomarker metabolism has adapted you know there are certain things that you can do to mitigate it and so two of the main strategies are refeeds and diet breaks and it will also it'll those will really depend on like your starting point where you're at in your biofeedback which is why it's so important to track your biofeedback which is not just the scale weight that's your sleep your hunger your mood your digestion your cycle stress, things like that, your bowel movements, um, those will all be key markers to track to tell you what you kind of need to do 
but in general and you know this works really well for women because like i said we've <laughs> we 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 adapt quickly most of the time and we also have a lot more hormones to keep happy so like with a lot of my female clients we'll do five days in a deficit two days at maintenance in a week and those yeah yes, and it, for men as well like you know because most people eat more on the weekend anyway so you know it fits in really well with that and you want to make sure that your carbs are higher on those two days at maintenance um because those that's specifically going to support your your thyroid um, so for women, that's key, and for men as well, it works really well. Yeah, with men, with men, I tend to fluctuate between one day and two days. So what I do is on average, if I feel there's some stress, cortisol, thyroid downregulation, push it in. I then put in that extra day. With women, mm. I try to keep to the two days. Um, yeah, unless yeah, they're doing, like you know. And like, you know, unless they're doing really, you know, done really well, you know, and we've kept the food quite high across the whole week. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it depends on the person, but generally I prefer the two days, 48 hours, but cover high, you know, higher carbs a week. Mm-hmm. And try, but try to explain that to clients, trying to have more carbs, and having those two days together, then then see the weight mm-hmm. scales go up because of the extra glycogen and water. Yeah, and try to explain. Every gram of glycogen is four grams of water. So you're always going to have a, a pretty significant weight increase after 48 hours of carbohydrates. But it's what happens by the, you know, the next few days is, is the key to that. Yeah, it's, and it can just reduce, you know, you can do, like, even, you can do three days but then you've got to take into account like you don't want to be in this deficit forever because it is going to make it a bit longer the more you are at maintenance um but you can do three days and it just brings stress down so often you'll see that spike but then you might see your weight go down yeah Yeah, Yeah. after that because you've just you know given your body what it needs it's like phew and you let go of all that water retention because um yeah cortisol affects that i was gonna say the only thing that you know, we've got to remind people is the need for if you're doing that approach to be consistent on the other days yeah because mm-hmm. if you've been overeating on other days you know, you're just going to go the other way and, and you know it's okay to overeat on those days just tell your coach so yeah. they can say well you've already had two days of high carbs this week let's just keep that going or you know it takes the more consistent you can be on every day the easier it is to reach a goal. Yeah, true. It is. You know, top and chain. And you move in a nice pattern. Yeah. So those are really important. And I mean, you can also have refeed days where you go, you could you could perhaps go a little bit higher than your maintenance. Um, you know, if you know you are under a lot of stress, you could do that. But the other main strategy is a diet break. So that's seven, like a week or even a bit longer at your new maintenance calories. So the key is that your maintenance calories change. So you can't go back to your old ones because you have lost weight and you have to take into account metabolic adaptation and downregulation. So, you know, maybe your maintenance calories used to be 2,500, but you've lost about four kilos you know, so your your new maintenance calories are going to be less. So you need to recalculate those or your coach will. Um, and then you spend a week at these new maintenance calories. And again, the increase is mainly from carbs, our good friends, carbs, uh, as these really help restore a lot of hormone markers, you know, thyroid, um, leptin, we haven't really talked about. Um, those are kind of, <clears throat> well, you've got, those are kind of hunger hormones as well. Um, and they just restore those. So again, it's reducing stress on your body and much like the two days at maintenance, you can have a lot of people have a, you know, a big spike in weight, but then they'll see a huge drop or some people actually lose weight 
because their body is just not stressed. Um, everyone responds so differently to a diet break. And yeah, for some of my, my, my women, I'll be like, don't weigh yourself during your diet break because I know you, you're just going to freak out, yeah. you know, just enjoy it. Like we don't need, you know, I'm not going to make any, any changes in a week, you know, based on what your, your weight your is weight doing. Is. <laughs> um, and you can do those again. It'll depend on your biofeedback how low your calories have gotten, how long you've been in a deficit, how lean you are. Um, so I generally do them like every six to eight weeks. But again, depending, like if you have a holiday that doesn't fit in that time frame, that's always a great time for a, a diet break. Um, so it, it really will depend. But, you know, if you're dieting for just straight without any breaks, you're going to run into metabolic adaptation a lot quicker than if you put in place, you know, those two days at, at maintenance and then diet breaks. Key, key, key. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, yeah, you run into a metabolic adaptation, but you also get actually the opposite occurring, as in the opposite to weight loss. If you run it in a straight head-on fashion, you'll end up just building that cortisol levels up, getting so much stress and water retention. And you're probably going to freak out at some point and eat the world. Like, you know, you're going to just go mental because we're mental taxation. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's nice to have, and I always say, I like a refeed day, as long as someone doesn't become so food-focused in the week that they're waiting at 12 a.m. on that day to crack open a cake or something, you know. Yeah. It's not, it's not about that, you know. Um, but diet uh, diet breaks are great. I always try to get it combined with a holiday. So if someone says to me, I'm going away for a week, I'll say, oh, this is perfect okay. time yeah. for, like, let's just have a diet break so you don't feel guilty about enjoying yourself. You know, I always say don't go crazy, but you should learn your, your lessons by now. Focus on, you know, the proteins and stuff, but enjoy yourself at the same time. You know, it doesn't mean have an all-you-can-eat buffet every <laughs> Meal, yeah, and crawl out of the, the dining room. You know, just you know, go at it. Be as active as you want to be. You know, um, for your own mental health. Some people want to train. Some people need to have a break off. And then, so it comes. We feed and deload. Get them together. Marry it up with a holiday, and with, you know, you're laughing. I think really. Uh, yeah, the, I think pairing it with a deload is another great tactic. Um, so the the deload is in sort of relation to your training, where you reduce your training intensity, volume, and or frequency. And again, that's just reducing stress on your body. So combined with, you know, a diet break, you're just really giving your body such a good break. And, and psychologically too, that's that's so important because that helps with adherence, um, knowing that you do have these breaks, that they're, you know, it's not just an endless horizon of uh, eating in a calorie deficit. So there, there's just really important strategies that you can put into place. Um, so I think let's go into reverse dieting. So. The, the thing, like, you've probably heard of all the stats, like, 90% of diets fail, and they, they do fail. Like, if you look at Biggest Loser and all of these terrible things, like, they, there's just no plan after their fat loss phase, you know? And that is actually the key. Your after diet is even more important, because if you suddenly finish your diet, you're like, okay, I'm done with that. I'm just going to go back to eating how I used to eat. The thing is, crash dieting, the problem with crash dieting, biggest loser, is it is this whole do it quick. Yeah. Education. Now, yeah, you've got to learn something by the process. That's why it's sort of slow as bad, because then you can slowly learn your habits and learn things. You know, when you're crash dieting, you're trying to do it fast. There's no time to learn. There's no time to put healthy habits in place. It's just all out, balls to the wall, beast mode, yeah. you know, no days off, go at it hard. And that's just not sustainable long term. You know, you've not learned anything to put into place for long term you know, development and benefit. So, so it has no real 
Yes, that, nothing ever is going to be achievable by then rushing out, yeah. And also, I think guys forget when you're like, say, the biggest loser, they take mostly overweight people and it's a show. They're trying to make, uh, you know, get viewers. And if you're overweight, if you just start by walking, you know, watching what you eat, changing your meals, your weight will start going down. But what a lot of these shows do is, you know, they get you there. It's like you say, beast mode. You've adapted a new it's life. Entertaining. Yeah, and that's it's... the problem with like seeing things on social media when you fed that. They're exciting. They're sexy. But mm. the reality is, it's not teaching. Long-term no. weight loss isn't exciting. It's doing no. no. boxes every day. The same things. Over there's nothing sexy about you know making sure you get ten thousand steps a day for four months. <laughs> It's True. it's yeah. Yeah, it's it's just five steps. weeks or same almost groundhog day for like months on end. Yeah. You know, like you know, that's not exciting. That will make terrible TV viewing, to be yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. There's, there's really no teaching. It's, it, I think we were just talking about it clear. It's like there's no... Like, yes, you've lost 30 kilos. So what next? Do, you've not taught me anything to go back to my life and understand, you know, there's refeeds, there's diet breaks. And usually people just spiral back and it, it's worse than before. But they haven't so. even tackled the psychological reasons oh, for yeah, why, like that. behind obesity, true, true, there true. is definitely a lot of psychological reasons. But that is that is going off tangent. Um, when, when you've finished your deficit, you are absolutely primed to put on body fat. Your body is primed. <laughs> so you... With, with, yeah, so when you finish your fat loss phase, it's, and if you have been extremely restrictive, you know, mentally you want to binge as well. So, you know, if you do binge after that, you know, you will put on the weight you lost. And so many people who have done these crazy diets will then put on more weight. So, you know, it's, you've really got to keep that into, you know, in, in your mind, like, you need to reverse out of the diet slowly. So metabolic adaptation works both ways, luckily. So, you know, you're not, you haven't ruined your metabolism. It will just take time to build it up. And you want to do that slowly. And again, this kind of depends where you finished, what your feedback is like, your biofeedback is like. And like sometimes you might not have gotten to where you want to go, but you've just reached a point where you're like, I can't lower my calories anymore and I can't do any more cardio you know I'm suffering my sleep is bad I'm having you know really painful periods you know just you know have my hair's falling out that kind of thing it's like okay well you actually need to reverse diet um, and the same if you have been a chronic dieter for a long time reverse dieting is going to work very well for you and again some people can reverse diet quicker than others and some people actually need to go very slowly so that their metabolism can adjust to the amount of food you're eating. And you also, hand in hand, you're trying to reduce your cardio mm -hmm. if you've been doing a lot. So let's say I ended my diet on 2000 calories. I would probably, again, it'll depend. I either increase for my clients between two to 300 for that first jump. You know, for some women, again, it's a lot of psychological stuff going on. So you're like, we'll do this slowly so your mind can keep pace with it as well. You know, so we're not increasing by 500. You know, we'll start with 200. And, you know, and you kind of, you'll divvy that up between fats and carbohydrates. Um, that's what I do. And again, here, I think for a lot of people... Having a glucometer can be very useful as you reverse diet because you can, you know, and I, it, looking back to like when I reverse dieted and went into my surplus, like I wish I'd had a glucometer then because I would not have increased my carbs so much so quickly because my body was just not, it was not dealing with them. And that's when you'll put on more body fat. So Ideally, with a, a, a successful reverse diet, you won't put on much more body fat. Of course, you'll put on a little bit, 
um, especially if you've been in, you know, you've got really lean for a competition or something. But if you're just a general population person, you know, you, you can expect to put on a kilo or two, but generally you don't want to put on too much. It probably means you've just gone too fast, too soon, you know, and your body has just, you know, there's, there's healing to do on many levels and it's just not, you know, it can't just, it can't use the carbohydrate that you are giving it. So, you know, I think reverse dieting is, it is very much in vogue, but I think you do have to be a little bit careful. Um, you know, not everyone can increase quickly. Um, See, that's the thing. I think you, you run the risk even with reverse dieting. You run the risk of cutting too much too soon. So the first yeah. thing I do is the cardio before putting my calories up. So actually, we're going to reduce the amount of output yeah. to give people a bit of a rest, let their bodies recover a little bit, and put up the calories a little bit, put up the carbohydrates a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, and never push too far because... And I'm really into really slow incremental changes and, and treating it like a staircase. So you have moments of pausing. So you just got to hold there for two, three weeks, then rise again, and see, as you hold there, yeah, if you start noticing the starts losing weight, you know, and looking worse and pull it up, but generally speaking, you know, you don't want to lush it. And I'm, I'm, I'm exactly how you say, you know, because of blood glucose issues, I can put on fat really quickly if I go up too, too fast, and even if I don't go up that fast, I can. So it's a case of really monitoring and, and taking it, you know, a very slow, methodical approach. And I try that with a lot of clients because unless you're, you know, then no one's in that much of a rush to put on weight. And also, someone who's had a lot of body fat, the psycho, as you said, the psychological element of the food going up can really scare them. But by going up slowly, then seeing the positivity yeah. that it brings their body is a way better way of doing it because it stops them from being scared through long, you know, so therefore it has a better longer term impact by just going slowly, because then we know, right, you know, it's not famine and feast, it's not, it's all nothing approach, it's that, okay, yeah, I can actually eat pretty generous amount, body composition, and then actually, you know, I can, I'm getting stronger in the gym, so, you know, I do it on performance, I'm like, right, how strong are you feeling this week? You know, is your strength plateauing? Okay, let's try and see if by adding a little bit more food we can improve your performance, your strength goes up. And, uh, you know, and keep it more performance goals whilst maintaining composition. Yeah. And I mean, the, the aim is to sort of get back to your new predicted maintenance. Yeah. Um, so, like, for women, maybe you've finished on what so I'll just take myself as an example so when I finished my last fat loss phase I ended on I think 1500 calories um my new predicted predicted maintenance was 2100 um so just to show that everyone is so different I know for myself from experience I can actually jump to to 1900 without putting on any weight um, from about that 1900 mark, I then have to be very slow. Um, so I've, you know, some of it is trial and error and sometimes just, you know, I've done it slowly before and just mentally I couldn't, I was like, I need to eat more. <laughs> like I couldn't, you know, if I would jump to 1700, I was like, this, this is harder than actually being in the deficit. Um, what you don't know, you don't know until you, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It is a lot yeah. of trial and error because everyone is so different. It's like, you know, that's why I always think the slow approach is best yeah. because oh, yeah. you, know, you can adjust up easier, but once you've gone up, it's harder than bring, you know, it's like hard to send to a client on bringing Sorry, up, yeah. You've got a little bit more weight this week, you know? yeah. So it is like, you know, that slow approach is, but everyone is so different. And trying work out it's hard you know as we spoke before about intensity love is intense as they're leading you to believe if you're not with them 
it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. Hence why we increase the volume a little bit. But, you know, what you find is that as song gets stronger, their intensity naturally increases. They start recovering, their recovery starts being a bit more horrible with the calories you got. And then you know you've got to put those calories up. Like, it tends to be, if you've got DOMS for days, it, you know, one, the volume has to come down. Two, we're then going to have to start looking if you're eating enough. Eating enough protein, you know. Yeah. And okay. go from there. Yeah, and it's, you know, some, some people find that when they first start reverse dieting, they lose more weight. So this is not magic. The laws of thermodynamics do not change or can be broken. So what happens is, like I was saying in the beginning, you know, metabolic adaptation goes both ways. Since you're feeding your body more, your body's like, ah, we have energy. Let's move around more. Your need, you know, it increases perhaps with you not even realizing it yeah. you're just moving more so even though you're yeah. eating more you are still in a deficit but because you are eating more your body is also less stressed so you know you're ha- you've got less water retention and you're still able to upregulate you know your thyroid and your sex hormones so some people experience that i have uh before and it, i mean it was great <laughs> um but not, I mean, not everyone does, but if that does happen, and I think it's an expectation for a lot of people, they're like, oh, I'll reverse that and uh, it's going to lose weight. You, you are technically still in a yeah, deficit. <laughs> um, so just keep that in mind. But I think, yeah, Andy said slow is good, like adding in 100 calories or so, monitoring how your body does, because you might get an initial spike from that glycogen, you know, increase holding on to more water. And then it goes down. So, you know, generally hold for 10 days, two weeks, even longer. You can be three weeks there if you need to. And if mentally you can handle that. So slow is generally better. Um, I would say the only case, you know, like if you'd listen to the episode where, you know, Andy had this lady who was on disgustingly low calories, you know, like, like for her, like she, you, you put her up quite a lot and it's like, Sometimes you have to, like, if your biofeedback is that bad and you, you, you know, you, you need to come up, you yeah. need to come up. Health, yeah. health is key, always, you know, no, any change should be based health in mind first. And if someone, as you said, like, you know, a couple of times to make drastic changes and bring, well, you know, their health is affected by their deficit. Two, the opposite way, bring it down if someone is risk of you know serious illness and being so high you got to do immediate big changes you know you got to make someone as healthy as you can now if generally everything's ticking along nicely that slow approach works best but when health is you know it's not optimal you need to find make slightly bigger jobs yeah um so that's your reverse diet and then you know when you reach close to your predicted maintenance or your maintenance, then you can just hang out there. And I mean, a reverse diet can take, it can take months. Um, so again, it's very dependent on the person. It can take months, um, but you know, you need that plan in place after your deficit. And you know, so when clients sign up with me, I love looking like the long term, even if they're not necessarily gonna work with me for two years, I'm like, let's look at the, your two year plan. You know, you've come to me, you've been a chronic dieter for most of your life. You know, we need to bring your calories up. I'm not dieting you off 1500 calories. We're going to spend, you know, at least six months. You know, if you could do a year, that would be awesome. Because remember, you want to spend at least, if you can, double the time at maintenance um, that you were in a deficit. I know no one wants to do that. Um, and I don't do that with all my clients because, you know, sometimes you do need to, you know, you, you need mentally, you've got to meet them where they are as well. But if there are, if it, there are really poor health markers, you're like, we're going to have to take this slow. Um, and it is a phase where I think working with a coach is so useful because so many people don't, you know, just don't stick at it because they start getting uncomfortable and they're like, oh, I'm just going to pop back into, uh, into fat loss for a week and you know you're just shooting yourself in the foot 
or even if you, you're in a deficit and you're eating less than your coach is saying, you're shooting yourself in the foot because your, your metabolism is going to downregulate to match those calories. So just keep that in mind. But having a coach to guide you through it and be like, yeah, you can expect your weight to spike, but it's probably going to come down. You know, or like let's you know let's measure your blood glucose just to make sure you are utilizing your fat because we I mean sorry your carbs because we don't want you to put on fat too quickly and maybe your body is just not you know it's just not in a healthy place to utilize your carbs effectively which you know if you if you've run yourself into the ground it can be I mean some people are sort of again everyone is so different some people are just primed to use that you know glucose others their body is just like yeah, you're going straight to the fat stores. So, you know, working with someone who knows what they're doing uh, is so, so, so useful there. Like, I mean, yeah, we've all done it kind of by trial and error, which is, which is great. And I mean, it's the same with the client. Like, we don't know exactly how you're going to respond to it. Um, but at least we kind of, we've worked with other people before. We could be like, yeah, yeah, this is, this is normal. Or like, yeah, I think you, we could push it a bit more. Um, so I would say that's metabolic adaptation and reverse dieting in a nutshell. They are so important to understand and yeah, have that, have that, you know, long-term plan. So you could have your diet maybe for three or four months, could reverse diet for three months, stay at maintenance for four months, think about doing a second fat loss phase and, you know, try not to have your fat loss phases, you know, making up the majority of your year. That is a huge mistake. You need to spend time building that metabolism. Yeah. So it's one of those things where, where you go and hold a maintenance form sheet, have a slight surplus on maintenance mm -hmm. over that period, and build a little bit more muscle. So, yeah, the weight will go up, body fat will go up, but you know it's trying to keep it lower than it was before and come down again, so you end up at the bottom of the next deficit phase in a better place than last time in the bottom. So, you know, and it is a very, you know, as you said, it's, it's no quick processes. Yeah. Getting a body you want can take years to, whilst trying to also have a performance you want. Yeah. There is no point in having a body that you're happy with in clothes if you're not happy with getting up and, you know, or, you know, you don't have a sex life, you don't eat, sleep well, you your hair's falling out, your skin's dry, you know, you feel like crap all the time, you know, you need to, you know, it's more than looking good, it's feeling good as well. Yeah, mm. and I, I think that point is really good, like, you you often need a lot of those cycles to get to the, you know, the physique that you want, you won't get there in one fat loss phase, and you also want to, yeah, take that time to build your calories up, and yeah, a slight surplus Going into that can be really, really good. Um, I guess that's a different topic going into <laughs> calorie surplus. Um, but again, metabolic adaptation goes that way. So you get to a point where your body is like, we don't want you getting above this body fat percentage. And, and then your hunger levels drop uh, and it becomes really hard to eat. So your, your body is, uh, that's called the body, um, body fat set point theory, which is quite interesting. So it goes both yeah. ways like i always yeah, say <laughs> eating more is much harder much harder oh, than is. being in a deficit because your body also doesn't want you to <laughs> yeah true true that's the thing the further you go down in your deficit the lower your ceiling is when you're trying to add uh add muscle yeah <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's like yeah they're quite relatively close yeah yeah, they're linked. Yeah, the further your calories go down, yeah, the lower your calories are when you start putting on body fat rather than lean tissue. Yeah, so again, we just highlight the importance of, you know, working your way up to your predicted maintenance and staying there so that, you know, you can, you know, have future fat loss phases of more calories. Um, and again, just using myself as an example, like the first fat loss phase I had, I'd been at a year at maintenance in a slight surplus and uh, like I lost 10 kilos easy then I did a, a maintenance phase for six months and the second fat loss phase was so hard it was so hard so you know you need to spend a long time not dieting till your body's in such a good place like a healthy body will lose 
fat. Yep. You know, it's not easy, but it it's not like you're you're hitting a yeah. <laughs> against a brick wall and that it's like painfully slow. You know, healthy, sustainable fat loss is about zero point five kilos a week, approximately. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind. So important to spend time at maintenance, have a plan, or better yet, get a coach to make a plan for you and with you and learn about it so that you understand why these things happen. And that when you, you know, your weight doesn't change for two days, you know, we're not slashing your calories and increasing your cardio. Yeah, although it's another topic for another podcast, if you're choosing of a coach, don't just go for someone who tells you to do something and you follow it. Yeah. Actually try and learn something from everyone you work with. Yeah. So actually, you know why you're doing things. And then if you want to do it on your own, you can. If you don't, it's also cool. At least you know why you do things. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah, have, have that reverse diet plan. And, and also just realize that everyone is so different. You know, you might have to go slower than whoever some influencer is or things like that. So, you know, again, tracking your biofeedback is so important. And I know we all go on and on about your blood glucose, but I just think that's such a great marker to track because it will show you if, I mean, you will see in your body as well, you know, if you're putting on fat quite quickly. Um, But, you know, it will also show in your, your blood glucose readings and you'll be like, okay, Time to just get a little bit more efficient here. Uh, maybe cut that back a little bit. Um, so again, that slow uh, approach can be great. Well, I think we'll end that there. Unless, don't you have any parting thoughts? Nope, Words of advice? <laughs> I think you said everything. Yeah, it's just... A lot of stuff, you know a short period but it's a, I think the reality is to just take everything slowly and have breaks when you need to you know if there's mental fatigue and physical fatigue as your body attacks so you know refeeds and diet breaks are key and then on the way up go slowly again and again you know there may be times when if you drop off you may need actually a diet break the other way yep yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah, these things work both ways. So take it slowly and listening to your own biofeedback or having a coach that's actually listening to what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Well, I think on that note, we will end this podcast here and we will see you all or you'll hear us in the next one.